Sometimes you need to make a quick escape. Just the other day, I was enjoying a pint with some time-out friends after work, and I realized that my poor hairy son Cronus was still waiting for his dindins. And I never want my dog to go hungry. Thankfully, on free now, the average ride or black cab is just six minutes away. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. I'm coming, Cronus. Goodbye. Did you know that Pizza Express, the logo, is taken from the Orient Express? Is it? Yes, I was on the Orient Express and I was like, they've got the same logo as Pizza Express. And then I clicked. (laughs) Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good whatever. This is Joseph Makatic, the editor of Time Out London, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone more famous and interesting than me gives me a guided tour around a bit of the city that means something to them. Four places, four locations that are significant, be they cafes, galleries, theatres, stalls, orphanages, taxi ranks, whatever, wherever they would give a five-star rating to five stars of course because that's what we do at time out when we like something we hand over five stars changing the course of history forever if you don't know time out it's been around since about 55 years ago a long long time uh, helping you go out in the city telling you what to do but not in a bossy high-handed way in a generous loving sympathetic way today we're stepping out into an area that doesn't really have a proper name just in front of the river. You might call it Southwark, but Southwark's massive, it's a borough. I prefer to sort of refer to it as Bankside, which is what it used to be called. It's just the bit in front of London Bridge. It's an area that's absolutely steeped in history. It's in fact, I think the oldest bit of South London in all of London. The Romans used it, the Romans had it. Then for the longest time, it was a sort of mini Las Vegas crammed inside of the south part of the city because it wasn't under the jurisdiction of the city of London. It was completely independent. So this is where you went for licentious activities. It's where you went for iniquity, a bit of bear baiting, a bit of bull baiting, uh, a lot of uh, prostitution. But as a result, it's always been synonymous with sort of dicey activities. And there's a lot of remnants of workhouses where, you know, obviously quality of life was absolutely terrible unmarked graves all over the place here and then even after that it was immortalized by T.S. Eliot a crowd flowed over London Bridge so many I had not thought death had undone so many then arguably more poignantly how come every time you come around my London London Bridge want to go down and that is of course Fergie formerly of the Black Eyed Peas she put the wrong bridge on the cover of the single unfortunately she had Tower Bridge and it was called London Bridge but anyway uh, it's absolutely fascinating. And who is the person who's, who's summoned me to this bit of London today? It's Bimini Bon Boulash, the drag queen who rose to prominence in the second series of RuPaul's Drag Race, the UK version, but is now also known as a singer. They just appeared at Glastonbury. Uh, they wrote a book, they're an author. They've done all sorts. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to finding out why they've summoned me to Bankside because they're sort of synonymous with Hackney, uh, which is where I was expecting to go today. So uh, we're just rounding a corner in front of the river. 
approaching our first location, so I'm going to go in and meet them. All right, Bimini, where are we and why have you brought me here? All right, babes, we are at the Tate Modern, which is near Blackfriars Bridge, uh, the Bankside, and it is a gorgeous museum in London. We're so lucky to have so many in London, and uh, I thought it would just be a great place to start. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say I was surprised because, you know, you are synonymous with East London in a lot of ways. Like, you've got a kind of what I would describe as a kind of hackney cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was expecting you to summon me to somewhere in Dalston or mm -hmm. Homerton or something, and here we are in London slash Tower Bridge area. Yes. Like, what is it about the area you like in general? Well, originally, the Dalston area was my first thought, but I thought, like, I've, I've recently moved to kind of southeast. I live, like, near Tower Bridge, actually. So um, I thought... Go around Munyu Ends, basically. Yeah, and were you excited to live next to this enormous fucking museum? Yeah, I was. I love, I love to go to museums as much as I can. Growing up, I wasn't always introduced to art, so it was everything that I learnt myself. I'm not the most artsy-fartsy person, but um, I love it for inspiration. Like, I think, like, surrealism is, like, my favourite kind of genre of art and that, that kind of style, and I think, like, as a movement, it was, it was really incredible. And a lot of the places in Tate Modern have that because it's a bit more contemporary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a popular gallery. I looked into it a while ago. It's something like the fourth or the fifth most popular museum in the whole world. Yeah, it, does, it makes sense. What do you reckon is so good about it? I think because people want to see, like, newer art, I think you can go to Tate Britain and see art from, like, the 1500s up to now, but I think, like... Tate Modern brings in kind of contemporary artists and you get to see new things, fresh yeah. things. And a lot of the times, like, you know, when you're a kid, you will always be like, people always say, oh, you can't be an artist because uh, you won't get famous until you die. Well, at least here you get to see everyone's, everyone's art that are living a that lot is, of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still alive and kicking. I was yeah. going to say as well, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but you've, you've also dressed in the colours of the Tate Modern. Like, your, 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 your hat and your clothes match the enormous grey walls of the turbine hall in which we stand. I'd love to say that I did pick that, but um, unfortunately it was the first thing I grabbed off the hanger this morning, so... I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Um, you've spoken about writing, which you do a lot of and stuff, obviously, like, modelling as an artistry to that, but I don't think I've ever really heard you talk about, like, painting and fine art obviously with like drag race people see you be yeah. creative and make stuff but is that something that in the future you'd sort of be interested in pursuing a bit like expressing yourself in that way i think for me when i was in art in school it was very black and white in terms of what it was like we do a certain certain style and if you weren't good at drawing you were saying oh you're not creative and i always had that mindset because i wasn't particularly very good at drawing and then i didn't believe that i was creative but Creativity is, is everywhere and there's so much to it. There's so much more to it. It can be from writing. Music is something that you can be creative with. Fashion, for me, is like my number one thing. It's like my favourite thing to do. It's like fashion and, and styling and clothes. And I think there's an art to that. And a lot of the times the conversation around whether fashion is an art, I think it is. Some of the outfits people create is wearable art, basically. Definitely. But in terms of like pursuing art in a different way, I've done like life drawing before. I like drawing like erotic art, nude bodies, but also... Like I said, with surrealism, like collage, like creating something from other things and like making it like that way, that's, that's something that I like to do. I'm not the best at drawing, so No, I but think... the thing is, it's so annoying because you look back and being at school and you just think all it would require is one teacher yeah. to look you in the eye and be like, look, mate, 
It's not about how good you are at drawing. Exactly. I think what you're doing is wicked. And then yeah. for the rest of your life, you would definitely remember that. Totally. I had to unlearn that, being told I wasn't creative because I wasn't necessarily good at drawing a picture. And I think that's something that's actually an issue with the school system in, in particular is a lot of students are labelled not particularly very good at certain things because maybe they're not, they, they don't pick it up that easily, but they might be great at other things. And a lot of the times, I think, like, obviously lack of funding a lot of the teachers can't focus on students but I think if people are pushed at what they're great at from a young age then they'll just flourish and believe that they can do it we're, we're literally watching a sea of children walk towards us in the turbine hall so this is what we're talking about right now the youth yeah the exactly art is again like it's subjective there's so much to it and you might be not good at certain things but there might be something that you're great at and I think like it's about finding that and I think I think if everyone picked up something to do with the arts It'd be a lot happier, I think. Yeah, and you spoke about doing life drawing. If there was one person who you think would be the most satisfying to draw in a life drawing situation... Kate Moss. Kate Moss, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without question, 100%. OK, that's good. Yeah. Got that out of the way. And then do you remember a specific exhibition that in your life where you were sort of growing and then you saw something and you were like, oh, no, this is really good. Like, art is something that I can get into. If we're talking about one that was here, there was one last year which was Surrealism Beyond Borders and it was all about kind of contemporary surrealist artists. They were quite political, transgressive. But an, an exhibition I would say really changed my life was Club to Catwalk at the V&A. It was about 10 years ago and it was as i just moved to London and I was obsessed with queer history and nightlife and club and and that's when I, I found Princess Julia and people like that that were these figures in in London cultural history and I remember seeing all of the how that was like how the club wear and the club kids influenced catwalk and, and fashion and that that really changed my life I'd say well a lot of stuff happened in those clubs like a lot of fashion influenced the times it was like the 80s and early 90s and there was the people like Pete Burns and and Boy George and all of that like new romantic era of, of, of fashion, it was, it was so incredible to see. And I think what was so great about it was the androgyny and the, the, the fact that it was like, it kind of rejected gender norms and, and expectations of that. And it was really kind of, yeah, genderless and, and fun and sexy. And yeah, I loved it. it really I, I, did. I was going to say the promo photos for your, for your new EP were given, I'd say, it's Pete Burns meet Donna Summers. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's a bit disco-y vibe, but then it's got the, yeah, it's the reference. Yeah, I love, I'm happy with that EP cover. It's cool. Yeah. We shot, we spent a whole day, like, shooting loads of different content, and that was the image that really stuck out for it. It looks banging. Okay, Bimini, since we're here, let's pop in and see some actual art. Let's do it. Oh, uh, we're now entering some of the Tate's permanent collection, which is free. Mm. Thank you, uh, London's wonderful museums, for that. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're looking at. What's your knee-jerk reaction as you enter this huge room full of art? What are you thinking? It's quite varied, isn't it? It's quite varied. There's some paintings, there's some collaging, there's some sculptures. Yeah. You strike me as someone that obviously has seen a lot of art, enjoys art as well. Is there a small part of uh, your brain that still has that thing that goes, well, I could do that, when you see a sort of pile <laughs> of metal? Well, I think that's where the inspiration and creativity comes from. Like, art is meant to inspire you, right? Yeah. So you're meant to feel like when you see something, you're meant to think, maybe I can do that. It's that's about a, interpretation. So. That is interesting, yeah, because most people think that in a negative way. They're like, oh, if I could do it, then it can't be good. But if you see something and you think, oh, I could do that, it's almost like there's an artistic bit of your brain going, well, why haven't you done it then? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah lazy exactly. Lazy so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. 
I love like art that's like unconventional in a way. Like if you go to my flat, a lot of my furniture yeah. is like, I've got like the Goufram lip sofa. Yeah. It's very unpractical, it's very uncomfortable, but it looks great. Your form over function. Yeah, in every absolutely. Way. And I've got some like surrealist rugs and everything. Like it looks like a bit of a museum. Can't sit on anything. Really uncomfortable, but it looks good. <laughs> yeah. Well, comfort is overrated, isn't it? It's, a, it's a human luxury we don't deserve, some would say. <laughs> you flash forward 10 years and EP's a massive success, mm -hmm. more books, it's all doing really well. Are you the sort of person who's going to cover their house in very, very abrasive modern art? I would love to. I, I've always wanted like a mix of like kind of eroticism. Like I've, at the minute, I've got a big Madonna erotica poster. Amazing. <laughs> but I'd yeah. like to expand that into kind of sculptures and everything. Because I, I noticed, obviously, you, you're more frequently referred to as Bimini yeah. these days. Was that a nod to people like Madonna, the sort of like single name? Single name, yeah, it is. I mean, it was always Bimini Bomboulash was originally the drag name. But I feel like as I kind of started exploring my own identity and my gender, Bimini felt more fitting. It Bimini Bomboulash yeah. felt like the drag artist, whereas Bimini just feels like me. Yeah. And I feel like drag, I love drag, and it really kind of got me into exploring performance and gender and everything. But now I feel like I've, I love drag so much. I love drag to death, but I feel like what I do now isn't always paying homage to drag. Like yeah. I, I'm influenced by a lot of musicians, a lot of a kind of uh, fashion and models and everything. So I feel like it's, it's a lot more rounded. I feel like when I refer to myself as like say artist, I do still have that feeling of like, don't want to feel like a bit of a wanker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But like, I, I don't know. I feel like if there's anything from what I've done in my story, it's like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, probably the sense that you're worried about being perceived of as a wanker yeah. is, is it's, it's a good thing. You know, it's, it bodes well. Yeah. Um, Keeps you grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at a, a piece of art now, which is uh, Lucio Fontana, uh, spatial concept waiting. And... It's, if you don't know it, it's a big old bit of fabric in a frame and it's got a tear through it and you can see through to the back and it's black. Uh, I don't really know much about it. I've seen it a bunch of times, obviously, but for some reason, it did remind me of you. There's something a bit punk about it. I think, yeah, a lot of my clothes look like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if, I see it, if I get a T-shirt, I tend to do a very similar thing to the T-shirt yeah. that this has done to the canvas. Um, and I think, like, if you want to get very artsy about it, it's about creating something out of something else. And I think like with art being subjective and you can talk about so many things, right now, a lot of the way I, I see fashion is working with like younger designers who are wanting to work in sustainable options. And I think that's the way forward with fashion because I think fashion has been a massive influence in the world, but also destructive to the planet. And a lot of designers now are trying to work with stuff that's already there and create something different. And that's exactly what this is. Thank you very much. That was artsy and fartsy. <laughs> We love. All right, that's probably just about as much art as I can stomach for one day. Let's um, <laughs> go for a walk to our next location. Lego. All right, do you want me to guide us there? Yes, please, that would be lovely. I was looking at flats near here at once. They were very expensive, so I didn't get it. Yeah. But it was, um, there was a flat and it was like went to view it and they were like, oh, it's really lovely, but just so you know, uh, everyone in the Tate Modern can see right into your flat. <laughs> I was like, hmm. But they won, they won the case, didn't they, the Tate Modern? They were like, we yeah. were here first. Yeah, Fair exactly, enough. yeah. I was going to ask as well, 
How was Glastonbury? Oh, Glastonbury was incredible. I remember going to Glastonbury, I've been a couple of times, but to perform at it was just mind-blowing. Yeah. And the reaction was insane. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I was so nervous going there because I, did, I wasn't with anyone. I didn't have my band. Normally I perform with a band. I didn't have any people with me apart from Terry, my tour manager. So we drove five hours. I was in full glam, laying in the back of this car, <laughs> nervous as hell because I was about to do Glastonbury. And then... Um, was backstage at Greenpeace, was like meeting everyone that was working there. And then the crowd was just insane. So I felt very, very lucky to have done it. And it feels like a proper bucket list, but I want to go bigger next time. You well, know? I heard from someone that was there uh, that it went really, really well and they loved it. And they said you did a bunch of uh, covers as well. Was there a Prodigy cover? I did a Prodigy cover. I do this in my set and this is how my brain is. I did Prodigy breathe into Britney Toxic into Girls Aloud, No Good Advice. That is very and, good. Uh, if that ain't pop culture in the 90s, I don't know what is. Oh yeah, is there, that is a, a sort of wonderful magical mystery tour through my my youth and teenage yeah. years to be honest yeah. but that I mean, went down really well and I got to perform like tracks on my EP and uh, stuff that are coming out later in the year and it all went down really well I think the energy was was great it was I mean it was the first day so it was the Thursday everyone's super fresh so <laughs> all right well we've just arrived at our second location do you want to say where we are we are at Manzi's pie and mash shop on uh, Bermondsey Street or just off Bermondsey Street and uh, it's one of the oldest pie mash shops in London, I believe. It looks lovely, and we're about to step in, so yeah, cheers, Bimini. Let's go. I love that there's picture of Barbara Windsor up there, rest in peace. Yeah, she is, yeah. Do you feel an affinity with Babs? I love Babs. Like, she was, yeah, one of those iconic British figures. Yeah. Carry on, EastEnders, and yeah, just an absolute icon. And also, I think there's Victoria Beckham up there, is there? Yeah, Vicky B. Where is she? I can't... Oh, there she Second is. Second one in. And at the end, when I first came in here, I thought that was Pink, but it's not. I think it's someone that worked here. <laughs> Tracy. I was like, oh, Pink's been here. <laughs> it's Tracy. It's great. Anyway, I love it. should we place an order? Yes, please. Uh, you go first. You lead. Can I get the vegan pie and mash, please? Yes. How many do you want? Just one. One, yeah. And I'll go for just uh, regular pie and mash, please. All right, so Bimini. Thank you for taking me to the pie and mash shop. Why have you chosen this? It's part of like British cuisine, <laughs> like British culture. And this place was opened in the 1800s and it's one of the oldest pie and mash shops in London. It just feels really authentic. And uh, when I moved here, it was like the first place I went to for food, like when I moved to this area. And um, the decor in here, it feels untouched. It feels really like you're stepping into a bit of a time capsule in history. But it's good because it obviously feels authentic and it feels like it's got that like old school spirit, but they've got vegan options. Which I was literally going to ask amazing. you, as a, as, a, as a long time vegan, mm -hmm. wouldn't expect this to be your first port of call. <laughs> what, like, is the vegan food good here? Yeah, I mean... A, a vegan pie from here is lovely. The mash and the gravy, it's, it's, it's banging. It feels like very hearty and, and it feels like what I kind of food I grew up with. Yeah. Like I didn't always grow up obviously vegan. I grew up meat and two veg. My family are like proper British. So it was like, yeah, meat and two veg, minced potatoes, all of that jazz. And then I went vegetarian when I was about 15. When you went vegan, where were your spots in London to eat that were sort of like your go-tos? One place I used to go all the time for pizza was Purezza which is in Camden, uh, incredible place. They've got one in Brighton, I think there's one in Manchester now, but um, it's, it's just, they make everything fresh, like all of the cheese they make themselves. I think it's like nut-based and 
it's amazing. They won like pizza of the year and beat all these meat and dairy ones. Yeah, I was going to say as well, you didn't actually mention you were vegan for like quite a long time in the build up to us being sat here. Which yeah. is, like, <laughs> is that because vegans have a reputation for telling people they're vegan and you have to just like hold it in? Well, when I went on Drag Race, my entrance line was I'm vegan because it was like a play on that because what's the first thing a vegan will do is they'll tell you they're vegan. It How do you know vegan? entrance, vegan? I remember. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was an amazing cast that year as well. Like, it was the, really all, good. Yeah, you know, the people on it seemed to have like quite a good chemistry altogether. Do you yeah. remember how you felt when you first walked in? Felt nervous, but I think I knew a couple of people that were there, so it felt quite nice. I'd been working, for example, with Tace on the scene for years, and we were doing that together. And I think when COVID happened, we had that big break and went back. I think that's what really gelled us together as a real group, because the world went through this thing together, and you get to see it play out in real time on TV. So I think that's what kept us all quite strong. To be honest, it can't be overstated that. Yeah. Like, I was you know, working at Time Out, which as you can imagine was a shit show when there's nothing to go out and do. Of course. Very, very hard. And yeah. people were so miserable. I mean, I'm not one of these people who are like, do you know what, I loved lockdown. I fucking hated lockdown, it of was course. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that show on TV, it had this audience of people that I don't think would have watched it normally because it provided, not wanting to sound like reductive about it, but it provided like a complete blast of colour. Yeah, and, totally. And creativity, as you yeah. say. Like, so much of Drag Race is about like, well, the UK ones, about like, just making stuff. Yeah. You know, with whatever you can get your hands on. The positivity really shone through. And I think for a lot of people, it might have been not wanting to sound like I'm going over the top, but like a lifesaver. Yeah. Were you aware I think of so. that? I, at the time, no, because I think like when the show was coming out, it came out in the darkest parts of lockdown. We'd obviously filmed everything. It was like January and we were also worried because we weren't able to work, we weren't able to go out and we didn't know how it was going to impact and whether it was going to impact us. But I think it, everything happened for a reason and I think that, that really, the stories we get and the messages we got were like, it was bringing families together that were like, wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of time together. They'd have this show every Thursday night that they could watch and it, was, it just felt really amazing to have that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Meet one with liquor, please. Lovely. Uh, well, our two pies have been delivered, so you want to do it? Tuck in, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. Thanks to Freenow, I can get to where I need to go in London in a private ride, black cab, e-scooter, or e-bike. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. I noticed unisex toilets. Yes. Do we stand? We do, we love. See, they're very progressive over here at Manzu's. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> that was absolutely delicious. I love seeing all the geezers coming in for lunch now. Yes. It's Probably like South London geezers. Yeah, I, I say it's, an, it's a geezer-heavy environment, and yeah. it's, it's, all, it's all the better for it. I could probably pop into a pie mash shop more, actually, and I think yeah. about it. They need support. They're good, they're affordable. Yeah. Uh, I'd... Hey! Hey! <laughs> Uh, is uh, an enormous food and drink logistics specialist lorry and the bloke gave Bimini a big wave, which is like, <laughs> well, it might have been me, I don't know, that could have been for me. It's not for me. Bit catcalling on a Monday morning. So this is, this is Tanner's Park, it's directly in the middle of Bermondsey Street, which is an incredible street as well. And the reason that I've taken us here is because me and my partner have recently started tennis and if I say it on the podcast, then I'm going to keep it up. 
it's, it's a fun spot and it's, it's quite nice to do with my partner because it's, it's a nice like way to take out our anger on each other, you know? That's true, yes. <laughs> Better than beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Were you in any way like a sporty person growing up? Yeah, I think like in school, I tried my hands at football, literally tried my hand and broke it. And that's <laughs> what stopped me playing football. But um, And we played netball, but then they split us by gender. So I wasn't able to play netball anymore. Oh, but um, I think patriarchy again. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Making us play rugby instead. It's funny though in London because it's like, if you walk through this park and you didn't live here, you might not even look around when you were in it. You'd think about big parks. But yeah. if you live here and it's part of your life, something so small can become so significant. Yeah. It's a, it's a very small park. It's quaint, but it's, it's, when it's a sunny day, it's really busy and it, it can be filled with people. And I think it's just got a nice little energy around it. And I met a lovely lady. We were filming some content the other day and I met a lovely lady called Jojo who had a fake Dior bag. Well, she told me it was fake. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically it was like playing one of my songs, Don't Fuck With My Groove, um, which is on my EP, playing at home. And she was like a lady in her like late 60s, early 70s. And she was like jamming along to it. And then she was like, oh, my Dior bag's fake. She was like, I've got a real Burberry one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her. Shout out Jojo if you're listening. Do you watch tennis at all or is it just to take part in it more? I don't watch it religiously. But I was more intrigued by the, the people that get the balls. Yep, the ball like, boys. The, the ball boys. Well, they were, they, they were really, like, very theatrical in their movements and I found that really entertaining. There's a small <laughs> creative part of your brain that sees that and yeah. maybe some sort of idea for a... You know, a show yeah, or a costume exactly. or something. It was, it was very... Oh, she lost her ball. Someone's lost the ball. Oh, that's gone. Oh. Right, let's go to the last place. The last place, all right. It's Let's... always good to end on a boozer. <laughs> you can always start on a boozer or end on a boozer. I think it's better to end on it. You know, this when I got the locations, I had a little look, and I was like, I wonder what was on this park before. Um, oh, yeah. And there's history. This was Did you this, look? Yeah, I looked. I sort of wish I hadn't, because it might ruin your enjoyment of the park, but it was basically the entire thing was the famous Bermondsey workhouse. Oh, really? So, like, people who you know, couldn't get jobs or they were homeless or they were, like, certified insane. They would work there and the conditions were, like, famously... You know, you were sleeping in, like, a tiny orange box with, like, a thousand people in a room. Their jobs was things like stone-breaking, bone-grinding and things like that. Um, And eventually it was shut down and it was a doctor that said, instead of a building, you should build a park to promote, like, health... Ah. Things like that. See, it was... that's a nice positive outcome. Yeah. So next time you're whacking volleys over the net, you can yeah. think of the, all I'll the souls. i think of the people before. Yeah. And I'll also be able to say that to anyone that I walk past that with now. It's an anecdote. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah arm yourself just with that. Just to let you know. Yeah. I'm very knowledgeable of the area. Yeah. Anyway, we've just arrived at our final location. Bimini's is giving a wave through the door. Do you want to say where we are? So we are at the Weatherspoons. I want to get the name right. The Pummeler's Rest. The Pummeler's Rest. Uh, classic old spoons on Tower Bridge Road. You can get yourself a nice beer, nice beer and a burger, vegan burger if you want. It's dead cheap and it reminds me of growing up. That's lovely. Well, let's, uh, let's step inside. Let's go. All right, cheers, Bimini. Cheers. Why have you chosen? The thing is, Weatherspoons often, obviously, it comes in for a kick in by certain types of people, but then also, like, it's beloved by other types of people, like a lot of older people. My parents love Weatherspoons yeah. and stuff because it's affordable and it's like, you know what you're going to get. It's I think well it's a run. similar thing to the Manzies, that the, the yeah. kind of working class part of it all. It's affordable, it kind of is for everyone, like, but then it's 
it's interesting because I've, I've got a song called God Save This Queen and one of my lines was but I still get filthy looks when I pop to spoons for a cheeky half and it's just that tongue in cheekness I think like bringing that in because I'd always like back in Norfolk I'd always dress in the way I wanted to and go to spoons and not care but people were like looking at me funny I was going to ask you still about still happens well I was going to ask you about that like obviously like places we've been to today they're pretty authentic quote unquote places and it's a lot of like no nonsense people a lot of blokes Weatherspoons is sort of famous for that I'm not trying to gas you up does it take a certain amount of courage to just walk through the threshold and just be like I'm just a punter I'm going to sit down yeah I think I've like just learned to accept that no matter what I wear, people always look at me weird. <laughs> I don't know why. So, my boyfriend, I think it can annoy him sometimes, but I'm, I just don't care. Like, do you I not really notice? Don't, or do no, you... I don't notice it anymore. I used to. I think years ago, I used to notice it. But I, I'm just dressing how I want to dress and being me. And I think like no one really says anything. Yeah, I was going to ask as well. Like you spoke a bit before about sort of like nightlife burnout. Yeah. And uh, you know, thanks for coming meeting in a pub. No. Is there like a bit of you that you know doesn't want to be in a pub if you're not drinking? Or no. I, so I've decided to stop drinking for a bit, and there's, I've done it before. I've done like sobriety in a, a certain way, but I'm just doing it for myself, really. I think like it's just nice to have a bit of a break now and then. I haven't got an end goal. I'm just doing it. Last time I did it, I did it for a month. Then I got from a month went to 100 days then went to a year so I'm just going to go for it but I love pub culture and nightlife I learned actually if you didn't ask me this five years ago when I first did it I probably would have struggled basically as a drag queen when you're coming up on the scene you're around nightlife and I went full time after I won Miss Sink the Pink. I was working six days a week, clubbing every night, and then and it comes hand in hand with drink. Even on a Monday, they're like, do you want a drink? So you can get into that, but I struggled at the beginning of that, but then I did the whole year and worked and learned that I could do it. For me, it's a health thing as well. Like In the industry that I work in, there's a lot of times, especially in the summer, but there's always a party, you know? So it's just about taking a step back and just doing it for me. And you said as well, just the environment, the context of a pub is one that you like. I love the sociability aspect of it. I think you can have the best conversations in the smoking area of a pub, yeah. you know? Like, you can meet some real characters. And I think I love that, the authentic kind of culture that it brings. We're one of the only places that have this pub culture, you know? England and the UK, like, not everywhere has it. And it's just, yeah, fun old time. Okay, well, this brings us to the last bit of the podcast, uh, Five Star City. Well, we're going to broaden our horizons a bit beyond uh, Bankside to incorporate all of London. And I just want to ask you about what you think the best things are in London as a whole, if that's okay. That's fine. Let's get it. Even though you're not drinking, what is your five-star pub in London? Five-star pub, The Glory. It's where I started drag. It's always been an advocate for alternative performance, styles, drag, queerness. And I think, like, I, I owe a lot to Johnny Woo and John Sittle at The Glory for, like, putting me on the stage for the first time when I was, like, a nervous drag artist at the beginning. So I love The Glory for that. Big up Johnny Woo, big up The Glory. Woo! And what is your five-star tourist attraction? Five-star tourist attraction? Ooh, um, I went with my mum to Tower of London recently. <laughs> Do you know what? Never been. What's it like? No, it was good. It was fun. We went around. It was really busy. She just had her hip done, bless her, and she, was, she wanted to go, so we went, and it was a lot of walking, but it was fun. Uh, best cup of coffee? Best cup of coffee, um, I would have to say there is a coffee shop on Bermondsey Street called Fuck Coffee. Um, that's, like, the closest one to me, so I've been having a lot of their, like, iced lattes recently. 
Okay, yeah, Bermondsey Street, go and check it out if you're Fuck near. Fuck Offy, they have another Fuck Offy somewhere else as well. Fuck Offy, <laughs> best pizza. I think you, Well, you've mentioned that one on the podcast already. If it wasn't that one, is there another slice that you go for? No. Just that one, <laughs> Oh, no, I don't know, Pizza Express. Pizza Express got good vegan options. They've got a sloppy vegan, which is really good, and they've got really good dough balls. <laughs> oh, the dough balls, legendary. <laughs> dough balls are really good. Did you know that Pizza Express... The logo is taken from the Orient Express. Is it? Yes. I was on the Orient Express and I was like, they've got the same logo as Pizza Express. And then I clicked. It's the same, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. We're actually doing a big feature about the history of Pizza Express in Time Out. Well, and there I, you go. I, I, I've, I've read the first draft and that's not in it. So I'm going to make an edit today. I hope that's right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, no need to check it. It'll be fine. <laughs> what about, what is your five-star park? Not including the one Five we just went park. to. I would say Hampstead Heath. Yeah? Yeah, I love Hampstead Heath. I used to go there with Disco, my dog, who's with my mum at the minute, but um, I used to go there all the time. It's, it's amazing, and there's also a lot of history there. Yeah, it is. Got a bit of cruising a... culture. Well, yeah, I was going to say, is that still a thing there? Is it still I going on? I think it is. Yeah. No, I think it is. I think it is. And there's also, like, George Michael, there's a big, like thing with Hampstead Heath and I think there's a lot of history there but it's also a beautiful park it's brilliant you can get lost in it so easily it's yeah. massive yeah other than there I'd say um, I love Burgess Park as well what about five star Londoner who is your five star Londoner Princess Julia yeah I mean she's an absolute icon yeah well, she's yeah. someone who lives nightlife yeah famously but she's sort of held it together she hasn't sort of like what I love about her and what makes me so in love with her is her curiosity for people. She has met everyone and she has always got time for new people, new people that come up on the scene because she's always around at the glory. New people that come out, she always wants to know their story, what they're about. She's met everyone and like she's still got time for people. And I love that about her. Like she's got this innate curiosity and I think that's uh, admirable. Yeah. Do you have a five-star takeaway? Five-star takeaway is, oh, oh, Temple of Satan. Of course, yeah. I was going to say, I was wondering when that was going to come up. Yeah. What's your order for Temple of Satan? I'd always go for like the chicken, they do the chicken wings or like the chicken pieces. But I, I used to love fried chicken, but they have got the best interpretation of that. I hear that a love of fried chicken is what undoes many a vegan. I can see that. I think like there's good enough alternatives though not to do that. Chicken now. itself doesn't really taste of anything, it's a texture. It's what it's wrapped up in that has yeah. flavour. Yeah, it is. And I think, like, there's the vegan KFC burger. I don't know if it's the same wrapping or whatever, but I think, like, it's about replicating that, isn't it? The batter. Yeah. The yeah. key is in the batter. Uh, do you have a five-star burger? Five-star burger is Biff's. Biff's? Biff's in Dalston. I don't know Biff's. They do vegan burgers, and they're really good. Actually, right. when I was on the show on Drag Race, after I come out, they did a Bimini Bomb burger. And uh, it, was, it raised money for Not A Phase, which is a charity for trans adults. And that was just amazing. But their burgers are really good. Yeah. With the charity stuff, do you consider yourself an activist alongside the other stuff that you do? I think I will always just... You strike me as a sort of person that wouldn't want to say it in case it makes you sound like a wanker. But, yeah. <laughs> but you are also obviously involved in different types of activism. I, try, I, like, I do my bit and I try my hardest and I think I'll always have that. I've always had a bit of a political edge to my performance and my, my drag and everything. Everything that I did on the show, there was an element to that. And I think I'll always bring that. But yeah, I've been working with Not A Phase quite a lot, which they're amazing. Do you want to see what they do? Like, what's their, what, what kind so of... Danny St. James started Not A Phase and they are a charity focused on trans adults and helping access to healthcare and mental health and they just do amazing work so I'm, I'm really proud to be supporting them and being around them. Brilliant, yeah, not a phase. Um, five star performance, something you've seen here 
on a stage somewhere. And you must have seen quite a lot of performances on yeah, stages. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because I've, I've definitely seen a lot here. There's got to be I'd one. I'd say Spice Girls. Spice Girls? In London. When was that? When I went to see them at Wembley. When It was only the four of them, oh. sadly. And it was just, yeah, it was incredible. What very, was the... very poppy and gay. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Final question. Five-star city that's not London. And you can't say New York. Ooh, Bristol. Bristol? Yeah. I mean, Bristol's definitely changed a lot in the last five years, I would say, like the, what it stands for, the yeah. type of people there. What is it you like about it? I like this, a lot of the scenes that come from Bristol, a lot of music that, that started, like a lot of the rave scene in Bristol. Yeah. When in Norfolk, I grew up, I went to quite a few raves and there was a lot of people from Bristol that would come down and there was like a big drummer bass and jungle scene of music and I really love that style as well. So I think like, I love Bristol for, for the, the arts and culture that they have. Yeah, it's definitely famous for that now. Could you yeah. imagine like living there? Over I don't London. Know, I've always said Bristol. If there's an, any other city in the UK I could live in, it would be Bristol. Well, but I love London. Yes, yeah. Just make that damn clear now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bimini's not going anywhere, by no, the way. Bimini London. loves London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good to know. I just want to say thank you very much for coming out and going on a lovely walkabout around thank your you. ends. Thank you. I've loved it. See you soon. See you soon. Mwah. Well, thank you very much to my guest, Bimini Bonbulash, today for showing me around Bankside. I was really, really thrilled to meet them. They seem like a genuinely wonderful person. Like really, really positive, very, very creative. And of course, if you want to hear more from Bimini, their new EP, When the Party Ends, should be out by the time you hear this. I'm sure it's great if you like pop music. You can follow them on Instagram too, it's uh, Bimini Babes. Uh, thank you as well for listening. If you liked it, you're in luck because there'll be more along soon. And if you subscribe, you'll be fed, force fed like the guy from Seven, a constant supply of podcasts until you die face down on your kitchen table, sated finally. And that's it from me. I'll say goodbye now. Uh, don't worry, there'll be another episode along before too long and we'll be reunited in the city as was meant to be. Have a lovely afternoon or evening or whatever. See you soon. It's a cliche, but it's true. Us Londoners hate wasting our precious time. There's not much I'll wait for. The queue at Sonora Taqueria? Sure. Access to the Union Chapel's famously uncomfortable but quite cool wooden pews? Maybe, if it's a thrash metal band I like. But thanks to Freenow, the mobility super app, I don't have to wait long for my private ride or black cab. On average, a car is just six minutes away. Six minutes! And that's why I use Freenow to explore London. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now.